Amen. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes, amen. Awesome, amen. Awesome. Are muted, and they can unmute themselves. All right then. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise this word to you this morning. Like I said, so we can get you on your way. So again, we want to welcome all of our prayer partners out there, man, all the way across the world, man, across the waters, other countries, other places. Forty-five different platforms, you know, Castbox Live, Podbean Live, wherever. Uh, we're streaming at this morning. We welcome all of you this morning. Thank you for getting up with us and joining us this morning. We can retreat you and, and welcome you as family this morning, extended family, all the clergy that are out there this morning. Amen. We thank you this morning. Hopefully you'll hear something this morning that you can put in your treasure box that you can use, amen, to build your case for Christ, amen, with your congregation. But we just thank God this morning for all those different countries out there where uh, they're playing what we're what we're what we're providing to them and distributing to them uh, over two hundred and something uh, uh, podcasts right now, and so we give God all the praise this morning for this wonderful ministry that He has given us, creating a prayer culture for God. He can counter everything that the enemy is up to through this prayer culture because we believe in teaching and preaching sound doctrine, and let the Holy Ghost work in the hearts of God's people to bring conviction, to bring change. Uh, we target uh, all of the lost souls out there that never heard the word of God, never even thought about God. We're targeting them this morning, and we're targeting the backsliders who once walked closer with God, maintain a relationship, but something happened, they threw them away, and they fell back. Then we got those prodigal sons and daughters who reached that certain age, and they decide they want to go out on their own and check life out, and a lot of times uh, they get slapped down, and they don't know what to do, but you can always come back to Jesus, that first love, and then you got those immature, mature Christians out there, you know, that God wants them to continue to grow in his wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Amen. And so he's provided a platform for them, too. And then you got people out there that uh, deny that he's real, that he exists. So our message is for you, too. Amen. And encompasses everybody who's got to hear to hear. Amen. And so we just thank God for the platform. Uh, you know, you got 4,200 different uh, understandings out there, teachings out there about the deity of Christ. Meaning he's, he's the one and only true and living God, and he's the only way to the Father. I know there's some preaching and teaching and doctrine out there that says that there's other ways to get to God, but I'm here to tell you, according to the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says this himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come into the Father except by me. So hopefully something we're going to say this morning is going to be able, man, to bring some truth to you this morning. Uh, that you can build on because Jesus also said in the book of John chapter uh, 8, 30, and verse 32, he says that I want you to know the truth. That's what he wants for us, the Savior of the world wants that for us, that we know the truth and that that truth make us free. And if the Son sets us free, then we're free indeed. Amen. So we thank God this morning for what our ears are about to hear. So let's go ahead this morning and get checked in, register up in heaven this morning, let the Father know that we're still praying the way he taught us to pray as he taught his disciples to pray in this manner. Uh, Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you and we praise you this morning for the word of wisdom 
the word of knowledge and the clear understanding that you're about to give us from your word, what you require of us in this hour that we're living in, this hour of growth, darkness, and great struggle and challenge for your people all over the place. Lord God, no one is exempt right now. This pandemic is touching uh, the whole entire globe. And so we thank you this morning because, Jesus, you are still the answer to it all. As we come this morning to offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice, holy temple of God, without spot, without wrinkle, sanctified by that word, which is truth, consecrated, separated, called out, set apart, meat for the master's youth, for God, sheep for the slaughter. As we present our bodies to you this morning as a living sacrifice. Now, Holy Ghost, use us this morning to say something to the people that will be uplifting, edifying, and encourage them and inspire them to want to go on and serve the Lord. And so we thank you for it this morning. We praise you for it this morning. Now, Lord, I ask you to just use your servant this morning. Use all of us this morning, Lord God, even in our comments this morning, even in our support this morning. Let there just be one accord this morning, one voice crying out to you. I pray that the spirit of unity would take over. And I pray, God, that people will be able today to hear leadership, Lord God, coming through the teaching of your word this morning. And so we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor that we can lead ourselves and we can lead others, oh God, to Jesus Christ. Here's our prayer this morning. We pray for the lost. Again, we pray for the backslider. We pray for the prodigal sons and daughters. And we pray, God, for the mature and the immature. We pray for all those out there that don't believe that you're real, that you reveal yourself to them in a personal, intimate way. Is our prayer this morning in Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. All right, then. Well, I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, I know on Tuesday night, some of you joined on Tuesday night, and God had given a word on Tuesday night uh, that I taught, and uh, that word stressed the importance of unity and leadership that will make any nation on this planet a great nation. You know, there's power in unity, there's power uh, in leadership that unifies and brings people together uh, by influencing them. It, it, leadership is that ability to influence people to accomplish a certain mission. And so we thank the Lord as I look back uh, when this prayer culture started back in December and how we came to be and, and, and uh, I was thinking about the area that God focused me on, which was really the area of prayer. And um, I know we do a lot of teaching and preaching on here, the Word of God. But in essence, the the, 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 the thrust of what he was what he was uh, speaking to my heart back then centered around prayer, that ability to communicate with God and to have God communicate with you and understand what He's communicating back to us that we communicate to Him. And um, that two-way communication because God is always speaking to his people, but his people a lot of times are not always listening. And we always quote that verse of scripture over in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where it said that my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that we would hear from heaven, that he would hear from heaven on our behalf, and that he would forgive our sins and heal our land. And so I started thinking about that last night and I just heard the Lord, man, you know, reminding me of, you know, what he desires is, and I just think since this uh, pandemic broke out, since we started this prayer culture, how God has expanded it, how you got more people now uh, praying, because if you monitoring the way I'm monitoring, you got more people, and the Lord reminded me of this this morning. Uh, before I got up, you got more people praying now than you had. It's, it's like the old days in the church when 
and people had, you know, they would pray, they would cry out. And we kind of went through a low period, but we got away from that. And we got churchified. We got caught up in churchified, you know, we were performing and getting excited. And we had more things come in and took up more of the time. And it was less praying, but it was more playing, you know, more more drama, you know, more praise dance, more miming. And all these things began to take over a prayer, good old all night kneeling down, standing in the corner, crying out to God in brokenness and watching the power of God come in and take over service. And we kind of went through a shift there for a number of years and got away from that level of worship. But it's just been amazing to see the transformation of how God brought us outside of the church. And now we're seeing people now kind of getting back to what we should have been doing all along. And so I've been kind of monitoring and watching. We've got more people praying now, church folks that are no longer in the building. Uh, they're praying more now, and that's a beautiful thing that God wants because I believe that's a level of worship that is kind of like uh, been missing right now in the church, but it's like we're getting back to it. And I thought about Jesus, man, when he came on to the scene in Jerusalem and he went into the Father's house. He went right straight to the temple. And he didn't like what he saw going on in there. And it's the same thing, I think, before the pandemic came and the doors of the physical building got shut down. I believe myself it was that indictment and that fault that God had against what we were allowing as clergy to go on in the house of worship. And God was not pleased, and it provoked him to jealousy. And I believe, you know, the type of worship that he desired, because he's speaking and searching for such that would worship him in spirit and in truth, had kind of like been replaced with a lot of other stuff, programs and, you know, trying to cater to everybody, get make sure everybody get everything they want, man. And so it kind of got away from everybody being there seeking the face of God. And so it was all about pleasing people, telling them what they want to hear, itching ears and that type of thing, which we've talked about and discussed in great detail. And so, bam, what happens? The church closed, the doors closed, and they told you restricted, you can't go back in the building. And so now that we're outside, you know, I believe that we're seeing more and more people now getting back to treating, uh, you know, ministry the way it should be treated, laced with a lot of prayer, more Bible study now, you know. And so people are now finding ways to communicate with God, help God communicate back to his people. And prayer is beginning to find its place again in ministry. And like I said, this is, to me, uh, a level of worship. Amen. It starts with the individual and it carries over into the corporate setting. And then it becomes universal, as we see right now with this creating a prayer culture, because God had a universal perspective in mind when he told us to create this. Amen. Because he want to bring, I believe, all of our listeners out there, all of our podcasts, play people who play this. He want to bring to them a reality about worshiping him in prayer. Amen. Whether you come on here to hear us pray, whether you come over here on here and pray with us, whether you're taking something away from here as we pray that you can go and, and pray yourself and post prayer sometimes. And so I believe that's what God wants universally. I believe he wants this type of worship to be restored to the people of God. So we learn to, to, to build that relationship with him through confession. And prayer is all about confessing his word, putting it back in remembrance of it. Prayer is all about praying according to the will of God. And we just pray the way he taught the disciples to pray. We know he sent his Holy Ghost man to be able to help us to pray as we should pray because we don't always know how to pray as we should. And so this is the kind of worship that I believe kind of got pushed off to the side when it comes down to church people. And God is bestowing that as he reminded me uh, just last night as I laid there. He said, this is the kind of unity and the kind of leadership that I want to see. I want to see 
pastors, you know, coming together and praying. I want to see leadership that have a prayer life, not leadership that just can get up and say anything. And just because you have on a title, people supposed to believe that it's genuine and it's inspired. And, you know, and, and he said, you know, because a lot of people got a lot of charisma that's confusing people. They ain't been on their faith. They ain't been crying out to God. They just uh, very skilled at saying things to people. And because of the title, people believe that it's authentic. They believe that it's from God. But I, I just believe that God raised us up, and, and I pray and hope that I'm accurate with this. I know I can speak for myself, that we pray and ask God to give us food to feed you, give us a word to give you, and it comes back because God responds back to us when we ask, we receive. If you don't ask, you don't receive. And so when he began to deal with me about what to talk about this morning, it kind of spilled over from Tuesday night uh, because it, it was what's going on in this country right now, and I saw it on that stage the other day, other day when a lot of those people were talking and in their in their speeches a lot of them mentioned God a lot of them thank people for praying and all of that and I began to see the effects of it and I said God I thank you that we have not abandoned one of the most powerful uh, things of worship uh, that you've given us which is the spirit of unity and the spirit of prayer amen which which breeds the kind of leadership that God wants people that will pray not just complain, you know, but cry out to God, call on the name of the Lord. And so, you know, it, it, the scripture that I, that I used the other night was in the book of Psalms, chapter 133, verses 1 through 3, the King James Bible, and it says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the stretch of his garment as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that is descended upon the mountain of Zion. But there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So as we gather this morning in unity, as we come every morning since December, since we launched this Creating a Prayer Culture for God, it's just been a unified effort. And I believe that God has been commanding life and blessings on this ministry ever since we launched it. It's not about us, but it's really about Him. It's about God getting what He wanted. Amen. I, I don't, I don't, you know, toot my horn about being one of the, the, the persons that He gave the vision to, or you know, a. a, a you know, I don't I don't even take no claim to be in charge of it. I just know that it's God's creating a prayer course and he gets all the glory because this is a level of worship that I believe he wants us to partake of and it's worship through prayer. Amen. Something that I believe that has kind of been missing, but we're getting back to it, uh, you know. And uh, even in the book of uh, Psalm chapter 134, you know, it kind of picks the argument up even more. And it says, Behold, bless ye the Lord. All ye servants of the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, we are all supposed to be servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. And so he's talking about what should have been taking place in the church. It wasn't taking place because people weren't blessing God anymore. They were blessing people. They were shouting about how well the choir singer, the praise team singer, how well the mime the little young brothers was miming, and the young girls was doing their praise dance, and all these other things began to take place of the crying out, the kneeling at the, at the altar, and the bowing down at your seat, and just being broken and contrite before God, and uh, it ended up everything getting shut down. Now we're outside of the church, and so what are we going to do? We're going to mime now, we're going to praise dance now. Some folks can't wait to get back in there so they can pick up with business as usual, but I believe that this is a time where we can, God can restore the worship of prayer, where people will come together and pray, people that are called by his name. And so he always wants his father's house to be a house of prayer. And 
lot of uh, den of thieves and merchandise where they do all these other things and they're selling and money exchanging. He cleaned that house. And so I believe what he wants his father's house to be even right now. And I'm talking about individual houses. I'm talking about your body, the temple of God. He wants your body to be right now used to cry out to God, to pray to God, just like we're coming on here doing right now. I believe that this is a mandate from God that we do this individually, build our prayer life so that when we go back in the building, prayer goes with us. Amen. We should have prayer right now. Uh, my own personal time of prayer. We talked about you spending time with God. When you talk to God, it's all prayer is communicating with God. And I believe this is a level of worship that God wants each individual to grow in, mature in, where you are able to talk to God yourself, not holding on to things, waiting until you get on the prayer line to bring it up and ask for prayer for it. We're going to do that corporately. But I believe that God wants us to grow individually in that area. And so that's why he brought this to my attention to talk about this morning. So I want to talk to you about a subject this morning uh, that God dropped in my spirit, uh, you know, that he's that he spoken to my spirit. And uh, it's about uh, prayer, you know, the worship uh, that I believe that God is calling for is uh, that worship of, of, of prayer, you know, uh, that type of worship that I believe we've, we've kind of gotten away from. Uh, in the body of Christ, amen. So I believe that's what God wants to do. He wants to restore that, amen, to us, amen, because we've kind of gotten away from it. But God is bringing us back, amen. I give him I give Him the praise, amen, for, for what he's doing, bringing us back, amen. And uh, I just thank him for that, and I praise him for that, uh, because without God, us, our ability to be able to talk to God, uh, you know, we won't know what to do. Let's be honest about it. We will not know what to do. Amen. And so we thank God uh, this morning for uh, prayer, the worship of prayer this morning. And that's what I want to talk to you uh, about this morning is that ability uh, to serve God, to worship God in prayer. Amen and amen. So we give God praise. I want to talk to you about social life and a family life, how we can become united through prayer that worships God. That's my subject this morning, uh, of, of social life, because we're dealing with social issues out here. They're challenging us all over the place. And we don't always know what to do. We can't just come up with what to do. we got to be able to hear from God so that our social life comes in line with, you know, with uh, what heaven desires for us. And we need to be able to communicate about our social life because the social life and the family life should be a reflection of each other. They should be in perfect harmony with each other. A lot of times that's not the case. And I think prayer can be that bridge, that that, that worship of prayer can be that bridge that unites us through, uh, through prayer, worship. You know, I call prayer worship. You might call it something else. And uh, when you look in the book of Matthew, and that's where I want to kind of take my text from this morning, it says, and when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple. He had some concerns about the temple. Now, we're not in the temple right now, but we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So we still are the temples. Amen. And cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them. That sold doves and said unto them, It is written. Here we go now. In the church, reminding them. Just like I believe he was reminding us now, one of the reasons he brought us out to remind us, it is written, My house, my God, I love this. 
my house, and let's start with the individual temple right now, our temple, the body not belonging to us, we're just stewards of it. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so it's the same thing in individual houses as it is that corporate setting, even as we gather this morning as a corporate body of believers. My house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. In other words, you've denied God the number one thing that he wants more than anything is that ability to communicate with his people. Him talking to us, we talking to him, we listening to him, and he listening to us that we say anything to him we're, we're listening to. Him. And so that's, that's it right there, you know, what his house shall be. It, as individuals, spills over into the in, inside the building, and it spills over inside of this universal group that we're, that we're ministering to this morning. He says, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. This is, uh, I believe, what is lacking even when people gather these days in the building is because we're not creating God's house as a house of prayer. And you know what we say about prayer, little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power, much prayer, much power. And so the miracles is an indicator, the lack, of, lack thereof is an indicator that maybe we're not praying like we should in the, when we end the church. Maybe we're doing more complaining and finger pointing than anything else. Maybe we have a political agenda and we're trying to do what's politically correct when we should be praying and crying out to God so that the power of God can show up in the building. Amen. And so I hope clergy out there are hearing me. So if you do get back in the building, let prayer be one of those first uh, ordinances of worship. Establish a, a prayer ministry in there. Amen. Too many people I've heard complain about what's going on in their church and what they're not doing. And, and one of the questions I always ask them is, are y'all praying about it? Well, well, that ain't that ain't the answer. Look at what the Lord is saying, what's written right here. And so I think when we do get back in the building, if we start praying now, it'll follow us back into the building. And I believe something else will follow us too. Jesus says it right there. I believe blind will see. I believe lame will walk. I believe that you know the healing will be returned. And when the chief priest, uh-uh, and when the chief priest and scribes, listen to this, here's, here's one of the problems. And when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, not what they do, not what everybody else do, but what he did, and the children crying, listen here now, in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, that highest praise. You got him in there dancing, switching around and all that. You got him in there mind with all that pain on the face. But look at what he said we should be teaching our children. We should be teaching them how to cry out to God, teaching them how to praise God, singing Hosanna to the son of David. They were so displeased uh -uh, with what they were seeing and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? That's what God want to hear in the house. People crying out, our children crying out. He's not true not crying out because parents are sitting over there watching them dance and do all these other things. And I'm not knocking it, but we ought to be teaching them how to conduct themselves in the temple. I'm so blessed, man. Sometimes my little granddaughter and grandson come over here, and they'll come and jump up here, man, and start praising God and singing praise songs. Man, I'll be like, God, I thank you that that's in them right now. And I'm not just boasting about them. I know there's other parents out there doing the same thing with their kids, but as you can see right here in a house of prayer, these are things that are supposed to happen. So that everybody in there, look what he said, the high preacher. Y'all hear what they saying? Do you hear what they saying? This is the effect that the prayer of worship has on a church, on a house, on a building. It can be in your home. 
so that when you go back in the building, you carry this with you. This type of worship is going to bring miracles. It's going to bring healing. It's going to bring sight to those that are blind, lame, and sick. Unless I'm reading a different something different here. And he says, and he said unto them, hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, yea, I hear it. Have ye never read <clears throat> out of the mouth of babes and suckers? Thou hast perfected praise. Listen to what he's saying, clergy. Have thou not read? Maybe if you read the scriptures before you stand up and begin to say stuff to people that they want to hear, yeah. you might be able to tell them something that Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And you may get some miracles. You may get some blind folks' eyes open. You may get some people about a wheelchair instead of faking it to make it. It may really happen. Hey, Shakaba Shanda. It's all right there. And so we need to get back because people socialize at that stake. People's family life is at stake here. And we play in church. We begging for money. Cash after people who don't have money. But do you hear what he's saying to you? Look at what we made his house. Look at what we become. You know, goes on to say in the book of uh, John, chapter 2, verse 21, the King James Bible. And I'm talking about social life, man, family life, how it's being impacted. These are people who were in the church. They come out of the church. Now they don't know what to do. She didn't teach them what to do when they were in the church. You begged them for money. You did all of that. You took a offering. You celebrated your birthday. 30 days of giving to you. But they didn't give anything to them. Now they're out here in the social life. They don't know what to do. <clears throat> they don't know how to call on Jesus. They didn't teach them how to pray when they was in the house. Now they don't know how to live a life of prayer. And the social life is all broke, busted, and disgusted. They don't know how to call on God. But they didn't hear you calling on them when you had them. They're sitting in the pew. Excited about all this other stuff. When you should have been teaching them how to kneel down and cry out at the altar to Jesus. Stand over with your hands up and cry out to Jesus so that the babies would see what they were doing and they would say, I'm going to do what mama doing. I'm going to do what daddy doing. I'm going to cry out and pray too. You know, Hosanna to the highest. And he goes on to say in the book of John, chapter 2, verse 21, the King James Bible, and the Jews passed over with that hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and Angels of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of the small cord, he was going to deal with this situation. He drove them out of the temple. Uh-oh. We out of the temple, y'all. I wonder how we got out. President Trump didn't have anything to do with this. I believe that there was a higher power working here. And the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changes of money. And overthrew the table and said unto them that so does take these things hence and make my father's house, you know, and house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of the Lord's house had eaten me up. Then after the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou us unto us? Seeing thou doest these things. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. He knew what was about to happen. Come on. He knew that they were going to be angry. He knew that they were going to want to kill him. Even right now, man, some people are mad as they can be. Some even be mad at God. Why God let this happen? 
Obama exposing people, forcing people to go back into these situations. And, and people are dying as a result. They're not even paying attention to what God is saying. Get all this other stuff out of my house so that I can come back in there and be welcome. So that you're gathered together in my name. So that I'll be lifted up. I'll be exalted. I'll be the hosanna to the highest that you're singing to. I'll be the one that you celebrate. Not just pastor for 30 days because he got a birthday. You know, not all that other stuff that's taking president. He need to bring people together so that they can pray. If my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. This is a wicked way to have church right now doing all this other stuff. Even now that God of the bill. I'm calling you out this morning, not in a bad way, but I want us to get this right. My family when they end up in your in your in your worship service. And if they got problems, they, they need some healing. I want some healing to show up. I want some deliverance to show up. Even if they just come there to visit. I want the power of God to meet them there. Even in some of the places right now where, 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 where we're streaming at. I want people to hear this so you don't get ripped off when you go back in the building. So you can place some demand. So you can ask, why don't we have a corporate prayer ministry here? Why don't we have a night dedicated to prayer up in here? Why don't you teach us how to pray? So we can learn to call on God so I can help fix my own social life. So I can help fix my family life. I don't want to always have to run to you for you to tell me, go over there and see the deacon here pray for you. Or be put on some sickness because my 80-year-old grandmama can't get somebody to visit her at the hospital and elder in the church and lay hands on them and anoint them with oil and pray. And the prayer of faith will heal them and God will raise them up. What has happened to us? don't worship God in prayer anymore. We don't make it a, we don't place it an emphasis on it. We got all this other stuff going on. And he said, you know, Jesus is talking here. He said, when the sign showest thou unto me, what sign showest thou unto me, seeing that thou doest these things? And Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it back up. In other words, he was reading their mind. But they didn't have no clue what he was talking about. They have no clue that he came to die, that they were not going to destroy anything. That's why it goes on to say in the next verse, but he spake of the temple of his body. He knew why he came. Goes on in the book of Isaiah, chapter 56, verse 7, the King James Bible. He said, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Hey, Look at that idea of this that all them years ago before Jesus came. He said, look, I'm coming to bring people together in my house, that holy mountain, that Zion, so that they can have an experience where the joy of the Lord is going to be in that house, unspeakable joy of, of, of the house because prayer is going to be there. And with prayer is there, there will be brokenness, yoke will be destroyed, the anointing will show up, the Holy Ghost will show up, and the different God's people, they'll get up out of wheelchairs, they'll get up off of, off of beds of affliction, their social life will begin to change, their home life will begin to change, and when they leave out the presence of God, they'll go out with some joy in their bones. Because they've been with the Lord. He says their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. In any case right now, too much other stuff going on. 4,200 different denominations out there right now got something different going on. I don't believe that all of them are praying. 
They might be playing, but I don't believe they're praying. Mm-hmm. There's just too many denominations out there, right? Mm-hmm. They deny the deity of Christ too much, but then to be praying to him. They're trying to make arguments and convince people that he ain't who he say he is. But if we just cry out to him and treat him like who he think he is, I believe all these miracles, I believe the joy will come back. I believe social lives will change. I believe home lives will change. I believe marriages will change. I believe children will change. I believe the young generation will change. If we treat God's house with disrespect. He goes on to say here in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 18 through 20, King James Bible. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, uh, that if two shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, that's prayer, y'all, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. That's who we pray to. But where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And we're gathering together to take care of the business of the Father to ask things because we don't have because we don't ask. We ain't taught people how to ask for themselves. We taught them how to come to the altar and ask for prayer, to call in and ask for prayer. But we ain't taught them how to ask God themselves. We ain't taught them that they have this privilege, that they have this ministry that they can ask, and they don't have because they don't ask them, and they have to ask them this. Because we ain't taught them how to ask according to the scripture. But we say we're teaching people. You know, the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 10, the King James Bible says this. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. See, this was a, a time of worship, and there was incense being burned. But look at what it said the people were doing. Look at what it said the people were doing. You know, incense back then played an important part in the in the service of worship. It wasn't just any kind of incense, you know. It, it, it added to relaxing the people, you know. You had myrrh and, 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 and all those fragrances that just kind of went up and ascended and it put people in a state of mind where they could really, really pray until they got a breakthrough. It took their mind, it relieved them, it kind of relaxed them, you know, uh, physically so that they could really focus and horn in. Look at what he's saying right there. The whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. That time that they came to pray, to worship. Prayer was a part of it crying out to God, coming together, everybody doing the same thing. Now you go to church, some one person praying. And you got all them other people, oh, come on, oh, ain't saying nothing. <laughs> the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 14, the King James Bible says this, these all, listen to what it said, these all continue with what? One accord in prayer and supplication with women and Mary and mother, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now look at Jesus' family. I believe that they learned something from Jesus. I believe they saw that he was always going up, man, into, into, the, into the garden up there to pray, into Gethsemane. I believe they saw that his life was about a life of prayer, that he stayed in constant communication with the Father. I believe that they saw that he drew strength from another source outside of himself, for he, most of the time he was bad. So physically, he probably was a little weak, but the Father strengthened him because he said, I always just needed to do the will of him that sent me. So he drew strength from the fact that he could talk to the Father, communicate to the Father, even when he prayed and agonized over what was going on with the people, how they were hurt, how people were persecuting them, and you know, and how people were just full of hate and, and, and they wanted to kill him. I believe he drew strength from somewhere else because he constantly communicated with the Father through prayer, agonizing. 
agonized. Nobody's agonized in prayer like he's agonized. I've tried a few times, and it puts you in a totally different frame of mind. I'm asking God to help me get back to that kind of crying out. That's what it's going to take to change this world. And he's brought us out of the building now for us to refocus and not and not get too far away from, from that prayer, that, that worship of praise. Learning how to pray and talk to God and cry out to God for yourself. Some people can't wait to get back in church and they can drag that big old list of, of petitions up there, you know. But you can cry out to God right now. You can ask him things right now yourself. You know. But look at what he said, man. Uh, these all, all these people in the church, obviously somebody had taught them how to pray. Obviously somebody had made prayer of an, in a, of an importance in the church. Because everybody in there right here, this is a church setting here in Acts. Everybody in there was on one accord in prayer and supplication. They were crying out just for themselves. They were crying out for all the brokenness and darkness and, and stuff that was going on around them. And it said, they even had the women in there. And it says Mary and, and, and the mother of Jesus was there. And these and his brethren, whole crowd of folk, multitude of folk. Man, can you imagine if you get everybody on one accord about prayer, what happened? Goes on to say here, man, the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 24, King James Bible. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God. Which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them there is. Hey! We don't have nothing that God ain't given us. We don't have nothing to boast to brag about. Everything we have came from him. He said, the earth is mine, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. I am the God of the cattle of a thousand hills. The gold is mine, the silver is mine. Everything belongs to God. And he gives it in the scripture to whoever he wants to. Even promotion. Come on. I'll take one down and raise one up. I'll use camels and donkeys to talk and prophesy. Uh -huh. I'll use rocks to praise and cry out if you don't. I'm not limited to space and time. In the material realm, says God. I'm eternal in the heavens, but I'm also visible in the earth. I'm also present in the earth. I'm not limited. I'm God. I'm all present. I'm all knowing. I'm all powerful. I'm all benevolent. And this is how you should treat me. This is how you should cry out to me. This is how you should you should ask me because I have the ability to supply all your need according to my riches glory by Christ Jesus. Eliminate the middleman. You don't have to go in the booth and and and, and shed all your your sorrow to the priest because he can't do nothing for you. You are now my priest. You are now my royal priesthood. You are now my, my, my chosen people, my chosen generation. You can now come boldly before the throne. The veil has been wrecked for you to come in and talk directly to me, says God. And worship me in prayer, says God. Communicate with me, says God. Bring your petition boldly before me. Present yourself to me as a living sacrifice. Hold yourself with God without a spot or without a wrinkle. You can come and appear before me and talk to me, says God. You can kneel before me, says God. You can stand before me with uplifted hands, says God. You can lay posture before me, says God. Posture is not that important, says God. But the attitude and the sentiment and the humility of your heart, says God. A broken heart and contrite spirit I will not despise. I want my people now that are called by my name to humble themselves under the hand of Almighty God 
and pray and turn from their wicked ways. He used to go through the motions. Stop telling people, I'm going to pray or praying. Begin to pray. People ask you to prayer, pray. It should be naturally what you do anyway. In the book of Acts chapter 12, verse 12, King James Bible. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary and the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. They had some issues here. There were some challenges. There were some complaints. But I love what they did. They didn't get in on the complaint wagon, finger-pointing wagon. They found a house where there was some praying people in there. You better be careful who you share your business with. If they ain't got a life of prayer, I wouldn't want to be telling nothing about what's going on in my life. Even if even if they praying. I would just want to hey, just be in agreement with me. We just read that. You don't have to tell them everything. You don't have to spill the beans. Just say, I need you to be in agreement with me. I need you to touch and agree with me right now. I'm dealing with a situation right now. I'm teaching y'all this morning, man. You don't have to go tell them everything going on. You just tell them, I need you to be in agreement with me. You believe in prayer, you believe in the power of prayer, just touch and agree right now with me. Make that contact. And then just say, God, I thank you right now for hearing my prayer and answering my prayer. Because you know God knows what's in your heart. He knows the situation. You don't have to spend 15 minutes telling him what's going on. He knows. But if you just bring it to him. And just ask him, God, I need your I need your answers. I need your wisdom. I need your divine intervention. Too many times we spend too much time telling God what he already knows. When she, we should be reminding him of what he said he would do. Book of Acts chapter 21, verse 5, the King James Bible. Well, we learn how to worship God in prayer this morning because we're going to get back to this. We're doing it. But we want everybody out there to do it. We can change our world as God's people will learn how to pray. He goes on here, man, in the book of the worship God in prayer. I'll say it that way. The book of Acts chapter 21, verse 5, King James Bible. And when we had accomplished those days, we departed and went our way, and they all brought us on our way with wives and children. Come on, social life and family life now. They got to be involved till we were out of the city, and we kneeled down on the shore and prayed load up to go to the beach, y'all better pray. You load up to go to the family union, you better pray. You load up to go to the market, you better pray. You load up to go to the, wherever you're going, you better pray. Don't just jump in the car. Y'all come on. Get the picnic basket. Get the blanket. Get the bathing suit. Get the cooler. Get the dog. Don't forget the dog. Get the dog food. Everything now in your social life has been adjusted. Everything in your family life right now has been hit, and we're going to have to cover it with prayer. You might go out one way and forget the prayer. You might not come back. They may put you in a, you know, ambulance and from the, from the picnic area, take you to the hospital and end up on a ventilator. You got to cover yourself now. You got to cover your family. You got to cover your social life right now. You haven't learned it in church. Now is the time to learn it. It is important right now that everybody that's, that's listening to me right now, that you learn to cover yourself with prayer. Cover your social issues. Cover your family issues. Cover everything with prayer. God wants us to begin to worship him in prayer. 
And it's not just when we come together on our power prayer, when we come together every morning at 6 a.m. This has to be a part of our social dynamic. He's calling for it now. Let's get back to it. Let's take it serious. And I'm not just talking to you on the line. I'm talking about everybody out there not listening to me. I'm calling clergy to prayer right now. I know you tell people you're praying. But begin to teach your people how to pray. You don't have to do all the praying, but teach them how to pray. So when you ain't around, they can call on the name of the Lord. They can worship God in prayer. Goes on to say the ministry of prayer. It has to be like an offering of worship to God who has always served the people of God very well. God has always served his people well. He's always spoken up. He's always responded to us, you know. But what has happened is this. We have lost sight of the ministry of prayer as an offering of worship to God, you know. It has always served his people well that prayed and cried out to him as we just saw through the scriptures, as we see in, in, in where it's first mentioned in the book of Genesis. Listen to what it says here. This is right after a baby was born. Remember Cain and Abel and Cain slew Abel and now the next baby is being born and look at how they treat this situation. They didn't do it when the first two were born but now you got the third baby coming. So let's see how they treat it this time. It says, and to Seth and to him also there was born a son and he called his name Enos, then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, you done had some tragedy with Adam and Eve at this point. You know, they hadn't learned to call on God. They hadn't learned to deal with their social issues. You knew what happened in the garden. They hadn't learned how to deal with their family life yet by talking to God. That's why when the Lord came back to Adam, he said, Adam, they was hiding. They had put leaves around him. He said, he, he said what is that? He said, Who told you he was naked? If he had talked to God about it before, God would have reminded him, you can't do that. Didn't I tell you not to eat that fruit? Who, who, who told you that? You ain't been talking to me. Who told you that? See, a lot of times we get wrong information from people that don't know God and got no prayer life, and you take that stuff and run with it. And God be like, who told you that? Mm-hmm. Who told you that I'm using this president right now to do my, to do my business? There's a lot of people out there thinking that right now. Where they got that from? They probably got it from some person that ain't been in no closet crying out to God to have something to tell the people. They help them with their social issue right now. They help them with their family life right now. And they're lying to the people talking about God is using this man right now. Give me a break. Where did they get that from? These are evangelicals. These are men and women of God that we learned earlier about the priests. We're going to be talking about the priests. They ain't seeking God's face, but they're putting out poison information. Ain't coming from God. God can do better than that. Look at what he's saying here. You know. Men began to call upon the name of the Lord while they were concerned about their social environment they were living in. Adam and sin, Eve and sin. Serpent and beguile her, man. Now they got issues they got to deal with. They're put out of the garden right now. Done disrupted everything that God had planned and intended through a bad choice. If you don't learn to pray, you'll make bad choices. If you don't learn to worship God and pray, if you don't build that relationship and that communication with Him, we'll second guess some stuff sometimes. 
and we won't make the best well-informed decision. We got to get back to this ministry here called prayer, communication with God, talking to God. Goes on to say we must, as the people of God, know the power of prayer, understand the universal need of prayer, and we are the people that are called by his name. Got to keep that foremost. Just like we read in the book, as we prepare to close, of Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 and 15 in King James Bible. If my people, there's a condition there. If my people, we can leave things like they are. We can continue to bring your prayer list. We can continue to bring your petition. We can continue to go let everybody pray for us. I don't know whether they know God or not. We can continue to do that. But if you're on this line this morning and you are a child of God, you consider yourself a born-again, spirit-filled believer, you have a right to ask God. You have a right to seek God. You have a right to knock on the door until you get the answer that you desire. Don't give up. Don't stop till you do. Just because sometimes it's delayed don't mean it's been denied. You keep knocking because you know that God is going to open that door. That's the intent and the attitude and the humility you got to have. That's it. That's faith and confidence that God will hear your prayer and answer you when you call on him. And show you great and mighty things that I know it's not according to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3. I'm calling for the worship of prayer this morning. God didn't create this, creating a prayer culture, man, just so we have a place to get together and promote our own agendas. No, this is about him. This is about what he's what's been missing. This is about what he's calling us back to. And he didn't wait for this pandemic to happen. He didn't wait for all this stuff to show up. He didn't wait for this failed government and administration. He kicked this thing off back in December. And it's still going strong and expanding. And I pray that there'll be others out there. I pray, clergy, that you drop your cash out and begin to call for prayer. Begin to call for universal prayer. Begin to teach your people the importance of prayer, the need for prayer. But if you ain't praying, they're not going to be praying. If you don't make it a priority, they won't make it a priority. Whatever you make a priority, they're going to make it. If you make your birthday a priority, then they're going to make your birthday a priority. But if you make God a priority, talking to him, crying up to him, make his house a house of prayer a priority. I believe miracles will come back. I believe blind folks will be able to see. I believe we can change this world. I believe that the power of God will show up in these places. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. I didn't put that in there. He put that in And turn from their wicked ways. Prayerlessness and no prayer, not teaching the people how to pray, how to ask, how to seek, and how to knock. It's wicked. Then will I hear from heaven. After that, we're going to hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sins. The sin of what? Not praying, but complaining, bickering, murmuring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And will heal their land. There it is. We saw it earlier. Lame, blind folks got healed. Children were crying out. Hosanna to the highest. My God. Mm-hmm. Now mine eyes shall be open, and mine ears attend unto their prayers that is made in this place. Look at what he's saying. Look at what he's saying. Last verse in the book of Psalms, chapter 65, verse 1 through 4, the King James Bible. Here we go. Praise waited for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. I'm telling you the vow, God. We're going to cry out to you, O that thou hearest prayer, O thou that hearest prayer, O thou that hearest prayer. Unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgression, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. 
that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of my holy temple, God, because we presented to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, God, without a spot or without a wrinkle. The good news is that the Holy Spirit helps us and aids us in prayer. Amen. And so with him, we get it right the first time. Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26 and 31, the King James Bible says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. But we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, it says itself, that it is himself, make it intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He takes it to a whole nother level because he knows the will and the mind of God. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. You can't get around it. And terribly to get by people, but it don't get by God. The Spirit knows. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and them which are called according to his purpose, his people, called by his name. But whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. Jesus prayed, that's an image we got to be conformed to. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Father, we thank you this morning and we praise you this morning. God, we know that prayer of the saints are precious in your sight. We thank you and praise you this morning because of prayer. The saints will ascend as incense before you, God. We thank you this morning, Father, that we know now, God, that worship and prayer is so important because it's our reasonable service under you, Lord. So, Father, let us be enjoined together in the ministry of prayer. Let the Spirit of God, who's calling each and every one of us right now to a, a higher level of personal prayer and intimacy with you, God, in worship. Let us come together now, Father, all over the world. If you said that we would just come together and ask that it shall be given to us and we can seek it, shall, we shall find it, we knock it, shall be open unto you. We come this morning asking, seeking, and knocking. For everyone that asks you receive it, and he that seeketh finds it, and he that knocketh it shall be open unto him. So, Father, we're praying now that you open doors, Lord God, that the people out there right now, God, that have a messed up social life because of government or failure, and because of listening to other people, Lord God, that don't know you, that don't have a prayer life, that shared information with them. God, their, their social life has been turned upside down. We're praying now that you turn it right side up, Father. We ask you to do it on their behalf. And your name sake this morning is at stake. We thank you that even right now, family life, God, is going in the tank. But we're praying for restoration of family life right now. Put families back together. We declare your word over families right now, God. Because we know you love families, oh God. That you would restore them and bring a prayer life to us together. That those families will learn that they can ask you themselves. They can cry out to you themselves. And you will hear them and answer them. And show them great and mighty things. I call that they in the name of Jesus, God, to encourage you, to account for what they fail to teach the people in the house of God. Because you said, my house shall not be a house of merchandise. You shall not aggressively beg them. You shall not go there for filthy lucre. You shall not go there to be glorified. But he who serves the people is the greatest in my sight, says God. And your house shall be a house of prayer, a house of purity and power, and perfect the praise that the miracles, oh God, will come back. And so, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, oh God, that you would have your way. We pray, God, 
that father hitherto but we have asked nothing in your name and we ask now and we shall receive that our joy might be full we're praying always god with all prayer supplication in the spirit and watching into it god with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints praying always with all prayer supplication in the spirit and watching hitherto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints being kept for nothing but in everything god by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving we make our request known to you this day father we pray to continue in prayer and we'll watch the same with thanksgiving brother praying also for us for god to open doors of utter and to speak mysteries of christ for which we are all involved father we give you the praise now we give you the glory we give you the honor in Jesus' name, we pray for the lost, the backslider, prodigal sons and daughters, immature and mature, those who don't even know that you're real. We're praying, God. We're praying right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for us making the worship ministry of prayer a priority again. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. All right, then, we'll pray.